This is the fear of science. Hello and welcome to the Fear of Science, the show that dives into the wide world of science topics to demystify, debunk, and delight. Each show features a new science fear with special guests and more surprises along the way. I'm your host, Jeff Porter, and normally I would have Daniel say he is our co-host, but uh, Daniel's actually away at an audition, so we wish him luck, and I'm going to be doing this solo tonight. Um, so, uh, we have a couple guests. Uh, we are doing the fear of vaping tonight. Uh, so I'll get our guests to introduce themselves. Oh, hi. Uh, Randy Newmar. I'm a comedian in Vancouver. Do you want to know anything else? <laughs> Whatever you want the people to know. <laughs> um, that's all. I'm wearing a striped dress because you can't see me. And, um, uh, I finished a book in six hours today <laughs> oh wow nice reading not writing presumably yeah, reading. <laughs> uh, my name is chris carlston i'm a professor of medicine at ubc and i run a lab that's called the air pollution exposure lab uh probably part of the reason that i'm here today yeah absolutely so the topic we're doing tonight is um, one that's really in the news a lot lately, and I'm actually kind of fast-tracking this episode um, so we could kind of ride the tailwind of the media coverage right now, but uh, it's uh, fear of vaping. Um, so the first question we always start off with is, why are people afraid of the subject? So why do we think people are so afraid of vaping right now? I think it's because you don't, they don't have enough information, really. There's all these studies, but we don't know what's real, right? Yeah, I was thinking about this as I prepared somewhat for this. And in some ways, it's fear of the known and, and also perhaps fear of the unknown. Mm, right. In, right. In the sense that I think what we know about vaping is pretty scary. Um, but as Randy was saying, what we don't know is at least, if not more scary. So you kind of get it both ways. Right, right. So what do we know? So even that, at least from my perspective, it'll be interesting to see what, what Randy thinks, because I'm very curious about what people are hearing and how they're interpreting it, um, and if you want to call it the general public. But um, even answering what we do know is is not that simple in the sense that uh, a few things. One is that it's moving so fast, the science. Right. Um, and you said at the intro, Jeff, um, on the tailwind, I'm not sure if it's going to be the tailwind. We might be actually just getting into it and it may be getting even bigger and bigger. We'll see as far as the, the media attention and the concerns. But um, without going on too long for this for this bit, I'd say what I can confidently summarize as far as what we know is that it's definitely not an innocuous um, product. So I think the idea that it's harmless is completely out of the question, and, and I would really challenge anyone who makes a strong pitch for that. It's really about um, how harmful to what populations, um, what exact product, can the product be modified uh, to be safer and a whole bunch of other things. But I think we can start by saying um, this is not a risk-free endeavor. Right, right, right. Um, 
So what exactly is vaping? Maybe I'll, I'll ask Randy uh, rather than asking the expert that knows exactly what it is. <laughs> um, I used to vape. I ripped it up hard. Um, but um, <laughs> it's like a, you're heating the chemical and then the it's like you press this button and all this... Um, What's it called? Gas? No, <laughs> smoke. Smoke goes into your lungs. It's vapor. That's why it's called it's, vaping. Yeah, vapor. Um, but it's like it's what is it made from? Glycerin. It's like a sugar type. Most of what you see is the is the glycerin or glycerol derivative. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, and then it also has nicotine, but depending on how much and everything. And I didn't know this, but you have to buy coils for it. Oh, really? Yeah, you have to go buy packs of those, and they only last a certain time. And then your your vapor starts to to taste like burning, and oh. that's when you know you have to change it, which is really disgusting. <laughs> that's a that's a dry hit. Mm-hmm. That what you're describing? Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know there was so much behind it. I I missed um, kind of the whole vaping uh start i smoked um for a long time and i quit almost six years ago now um but vaping was just starting to kind of become popular six years ago in a way so i never went to vaping to quit smoking Mm. um i just went cold turkey and it sucked it was absolutely horrible but i do wonder if i still smoked now whether I would use vaping as a way to get off it. Because that's one of the arguments I hear a lot with vaping is that it's a good way to transition off of smoking cigarettes. But now there's a lot of stuff saying it's it's obvious it's better than cigarettes. Um, no, we, I don't think we know that. Do we know that? Yeah, Randy I, is, I Randy's a, a scientist. Randy's a, <laughs> <laughs> you say that. Is it worse or not? Well, so I think no, I think you're definitely onto something, Randy. First of all, um, the question that you brought up, Jeff, of of a, a, what we call harm reduction, mm-hmm. um, what's better or worse, that is the key question. Um, but and we could talk more about that, but I definitely um, agree with Randy that it's actually not at all clear that e-cigarettes are less harmful than traditional cigarettes. Oh, okay. So that whole trade-off is, to me, effectively the only thing really worth debating because for people that don't already have a nicotine addiction – uh, there's there's zero argument for vaping. Yeah. There, there's none. If there's a choice between smoking or vaping, I think the obvious choice is don't do either one of them. If you can, <laughs> correct. But, right. But for those that are truly addicted to nicotine, the question of whether e-cigarettes are an attractive uh, alternative slash uh, way to transition off is a, is a very important question, but extremely complicated. Yeah. And I, the quitting nicotine is probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, and I don't understand why people would want, if there's there's a thing, this vaping where you can get nicotine in a safer way, I don't understand why you would want to have nicotine, period. Uh, it's a horrible addiction. Um, but uh, then it's like the whole safer. It's That's the thing that, like... In my mind, burning a cigarette would be worse than 
uh, water vaporing. I don't know. If, if only it were just water. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like that's that's all of the the sciencey stuff that uh, doesn't tend to get talked about as much. You just hear all these talking points, and uh, and then I think people get confused a lot, and then the fear kind of comes out of that. Yeah. So, Randy, what um, what have you heard about what's in the vape other than water? Um. Well, yeah, sugar. Right, sugar, kind. sugar like, yeah, yeah, sugar like. Yeah. It's turning into like a game show. All, I, all I really know is like, cause you read the bottle. I still have a bunch of vape juices, cause <laughs> my brother like got drunk and gave me all his vape juices. But like that's how I quit smoking is I vaped because it's so much easier to not vape than to not smoke. Cause when right. you start vaping, you can. You can vape anywhere. It's so all your smoking habits are gone. So I would just be sitting in a bar vaping. And then so I lost that habit of going outside or anything like that. It was like I was just like a non-smoker because I would do it everywhere. And then so I quit vaping and it was actually really easy to quit vaping. Yeah. Because it freaked me out <laughs> every time I did it. And that was when again? How long ago? Um, that was probably two months ago. Two months ago. And it wasn't, it was not Juul. No, I was using, oh God, something like, like Daddy B or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the issues is that uh, Juul in particular delivers a very high amount of nicotine. So there is concern that while in every case is different of course but while you were able to get off of it um it may have been that the amount of nicotine in the e-cigarette you were using was not particularly high and so you're not um sort of feeding a high level nicotine addiction like jewel unfortunately is for a lot of people so people and it's very again uh, everyone's a bit different but there are certainly very, very well reported cases of people having an extremely hard time getting off of even the cigarette, particularly Juul, because there's so much nicotine in it. So the addiction is in proportion, generally speaking, to the amount of nicotine. Nicotine. I don't want to be too, you know, too technical, but that makes yeah, sense, yeah. right? Oh yeah, for sure. And how is there any way to know, like, if I was a consumer deciding to get into vaping? Um, is there any way to know the amount of nicotine in the products? Like, do they actually? Yeah, they generally it? will. They generally will describe it in their product literature. So Can you get average? it average? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what's the average um, nicotine level in the jewel? Oh, so now we need a number. Um, that is something I'm not going to be able to pull out of my head right now. Okay. Um, a bunch. But it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a, a bunch. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's high. Like, for sure, if you're using Juul for the same equivalent time as, you know, smoking a cigarette, say, you know, you're going to inhale 10 puffs of a Juul versus 10 puffs of a cigarette, you're going to get more nicotine from the Juul over that time than you would from a cigarette. That's the thing that is not well appreciated, that you actually will get more nicotine per sort of session, roughly equivalent session from Juul than you will actually from a cigarette. Hmm. Now, from what I understand too, with, with vapes, um, it's everything but the nicotine that is the this kind of scary part. It's all the 
the sugar and the the vaping, the chemicals and the flavoring and everything mm-hmm. that that is also possibly harmful to you. The flavorings are are very concerning and there are some flavorings worse than others, but there's an important point about that, Jeff. The the nicotine itself is besides being addictive uh, and, and keeping you on a product that has these other harmful uh, uh, substances within the product, the nicotine alone is actually uh, not benign, uh, mm-hmm. meaning it's, it's, it's actually harmful. So if you, if you only expose yourself to nicotine, which you're not, you're exposing yourself to much more, just the nicotine actually is not good for your lungs, mm-hmm. which is actually very um, poorly understood. And so the fact that you didn't know that is is completely common. And I'll tell you the honest truth, I didn't even know that myself three months ago until I started reading more about this. Because oh, wow. I, I was even as a scientist in my whole life dedicated, my whole professional life that is dedicated to what happens when you inhale all kinds of air pollution, et cetera. Uh, I only recently looked at the literature about nicotine itself and it's toxic. Yeah, yeah. To be totally honest, I only like 50% research every episode. So, well, yeah. yeah. You know. I bring experts on for a reason, so I don't have to. So if you smoked pure tobacco, it's not good for you either. Well, no, because like, pure tobacco is much more than just nicotine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because pure, pure tobacco, the the tobacco leaf has all kinds of other stuff um, in it besides just the, the nicotine. Hmm. All right. Well, don't smoke. Well, I don't thought, be. I just assumed cigarettes in like the 1930s were okay for you. <laughs> well, Where do you get 1930s cigarettes like, from? Like before they like went and started putting all these like chemicals to like try and like get you addicted so that you're a smoker for life. No, because so whenever you burn anything, that's a big part. So burning is a big factor. Whenever you burn anything, you're first of all, you're changing it with by burning it, you're transforming it. And so basically anytime you burn anything, you can imagine you're at a fire, at a campground, whatever, all of the kind of black material, um, the soot, uh, essentially any, any, any biomass, we call it, uh, that you burn, the, the product of burning itself is, 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 is probably the worst part about it. The, the, the cancer is caused by the product that results from the the burning process you create carcinogens right yeah yes you got it i do a science (laughs) there you go (laughs) um so is it the vaping process that's the problem or is it the canisters and what's inside the vaping that's the problem like the the pro because it's not i was reading today i don't know if this is right um, that it's not water vapor. It's a different, like, how, did, how does the vaping part of it work? What does it do? So the, 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 the vaping is really, and Randy was getting at this before, it's, it's just heating up whatever's in the, the cigarette. So the liquid, which is full of nicotine, the flavorings, what's called the diluent, is, which is it was just a fancy way of saying it dissolves everything so that it's distributed in this liquid. All of those things are heated and made into tiny, tiny little particles 
Um, that's the technical word is an aerosol. It means there's lots of little particles inside a gas and that allows it to be delivered into the lung uh, because you can you can basically suck in the gas and it's it's multiple of those substances within that again aerosol that's uh, that's that's toxic to the lungs right but it's not even though it's being heated up it's not a smoke i guess it's just bringing it up to more of a, a temperature that will allow it to to be yeah it's like yeah that you're right jeff it's like when you it's it's not that much more complicated than if you just take a pot of water and you boil it and then you you can see on your stove this kind of white misty thing coming out of it and then you're you could inhale that you can't inhale water or you're going to drown right but you can inhale the vapor from boiling any liquid but in this case, in that mist, it's not just water. Right. It's all the other stuff mixed in there. And your lungs just don't like that. But um, what if you accidentally eat your vape juice? That no, that's... happened to me a few times. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it like, goes back in your, your mouth sometimes. Right. And you're like, ugh. Oh. But... That, yeah. That's a fascinating thing. This is a good mix of comedy and, and sort of, you know, maybe teaching that... Um, that's probably not particularly harmful and it, it allows me to tell you something that one of the ways that the industry has and I'll, and I'll, I guess if this is sort of a, uh, if you want to call it a, a disclosure, my disclosure is that I'm very skeptical of the industry. I think I'm justified in that but but anyway that's I'm coming to this with a lot of skepticism towards the industry but the industry uh, has justified the product in large part because there are studies, that actually show that you can ingest, the word is ingest when it goes into your stomach basically as opposed to your lungs. Um, and you were talking about swallowing it, so that's the same idea. They're safe when you ingest. Mm -hmm. But when you heat them up, that's the point I was trying to make before, just to reiterate. When you heat them up, it's a, it's a different chemical at that point. And so in a way, the industry has, in my opinion, gotten away with saying, well, look, here are these studies that show that these things are safe when animals put them into their gut. But that's a completely different uh, set of, of that's, that's not reassuring. That's we can call it data. That, that's information that does not answer the question of what happens when you put them in your lungs. Right. Um, so what you're saying is that we should get into... Uh, nicotine shots rather than uh, vaping. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, if the problem, yeah, I mean, again, this is sort of, um, it, it's sort of funny on one level and then the other, um, it's important to know that you you just won't get, the thing with the nicotine and Randy probably experienced this, presumably people all, all that are addicted do, that's the point is that you, you need it on a relatively frequent basis. Yeah. And in your stomach, it just takes time to absorb. And so in the meantime, you're just like, I need my nicotine and it's not happening. But the, the, the delivery of the nicotine through the lungs is just so quick. Yeah. And or patches as well. Patches are pretty quick too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And that makes uh, sorry if I'm talking too much, but the no. the point of that is um, is really another one that's important is that we were talking about the 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 risks and benefits essentially, and even this trade off between 
an e-cigarette and a traditional cigarette is a bit of a scam, if I can use a strong word, because it's not like there's not an alternative. And I'm and and so what I don't want is for people to suffer. That's part of sort of the inherent philosophy of, of being a physician. Um, it's the Hippocratic oath, if you want to if you want to get formal about it, but. There's an alternative, which is, and you just alluded to it, patches. Mm -hmm. So patches and gums, you can get the nicotine you need and you don't have to inhale anything. Right. And you can get it quick. So it's not about it's not about um, the gut because the gut is not the best, quickest way to do it. But the skin is. Right, right. And the mouth is. Yeah. Because you've, you've got a lot of surface area and blood vessels. And that's why the gum and the patch really works well. But the, the e-cigarette industry doesn't want to talk about that. They, the last thing they want is for you to remember that there are all these existing products right, right. that work really well. So is it, is it the whole um, idea that you can use e-cigarettes to get off of nicotine that the e-cigarette companies are kind of holding on to right now? Absolutely. hundred percent. That's yeah. your only, cause that's their only truly compelling argument at right. all. Right. And so the idea that there's a whole other way to do it through these patches and gums, they just really rather not talk about that. Yeah. And the other um, part that I wanted to bring up as well, um, a lot of the reason that there's so much around vaping right now is the discussion of whether they're trying to, if it's being marketed directly to children. Um, Do we think that it's being marketed to children? I love those ads in the movie theater. Because there's no more don't smoke ads. They're all don't vape ads now. Oh, really? I haven't them? been to a movie for a while. Yeah, it's all like teenagers don't vape. Basically. It's like those don't pirate uh, yeah, ads yeah, on literally. television. I love yeah. those. Yeah. Have you seen, Jeff, uh, marketing to youth? Um, I don't know if it markets necessarily to youth. Um, the marketing seems to be just really generic. Like even the, the jewel... I've seen that at like the the Granville station um, on the wall, like a big mm-hmm. backdrop of it. Um, but how old are the people in it? Uh, there's no people in it. Oh, is that it's right? Just, okay. Just the pen, um, and it looks like that pen's having a great time just mm-hmm. on that advertisement. I have seen it in TV shows of like very young, cool people vaping. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what so I noticed. So that could also be a plant, or not? I don't know. I'm assuming that anything that's in the TV show is it's some kind, kind of subliminal kind of, advertising yes, now. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah, probably Riverdale. I feel like Riverdale no, is probably vaping. <laughs> it was in Euphoria, which in oh, that yeah. show, I'm like, actually, they probably would vape, but um, I'm not sure. Yeah, Riverdale, actually, you wouldn't be able to see it, right? Because there's so much fog already. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's why there's so much fog. It's actually vape. <laughs> Well, the funny thing about that, the 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 glycerin, and it's 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 glycerol, but it doesn't matter. It's it's uh, it's it's all derived from the same glycerin, which is a, a oil. That is actually what is used to make the fog in any of these sets, like Riverdale. But any of them, anytime you see fog on a movie, TV, it's actually the same oil. Yeah, that's be, that's used in in these pens. Yeah, I'm actually working on a, a cosplay right now 
that uses a vape pen and just pure glycerin to create smoke effects that come out of it. Exactly. Uh, totally unrelated, but. Well, it's <laughs> unrelated, but it, that the, the glycerin, so <laughs> the glycerin is toxic itself. I don't want to be, I don't want to <laughs> so, be the, the, the guy who says everything's so bad, yeah. but. So maybe I shouldn't have a smoke effect at a convention. <laughs> well, the, the, the good news about the glycerin is you have to, you have to inhale, for, for that part alone, you have to inhale quite a lot of it before it's a problem. So, so in, like the, the fog on sets, that's really not a big deal unless you're someone who works day in and day out and it's like high concentrations. I've actually had someone in in my office who got sick from from the theatrical fog oh, really? literally on Riverdale literally oh that really? right but that's very unusual so of all the things I'm worried about that's not high on the list the flavorings and all the other things we talked about are a bigger problem yeah um, now you mentioned euphoria as well which is an amazing TV show mm-hmm. um, but uh, I think a large amount of the vaping that happened in that is weed vaping um, more than anything um, my question is, when we're talking weed, uh, now that it's legalized, um, is it the same thing as vaping still? If you're taking pure bud um, and vaporizing it, is it as bad? You can't as vaporize smoke? pure bud. That's the problem. Oh, really? Yeah, you can't just put dry bud in there and vaporize it. Oh. So the THC vaping also is in a liquid. Right, right. And... So it, you you brought up a really important topic, Jeff, because this most recent uh, string of of illnesses that's been reported mainly in the U.S. Mm-hmm. is is still a, a evolving story. So we don't know everything about it by far. But the hundreds and hundreds of cases, almost a thousand now as of today. Um, most of them are related to THC vaping, right. and by most I mean maybe about two thirds. So there's this whole side story of people in the industry, the nicotine vaping industry saying, oh, that's all THC, which is not true because it's about two thirds of hundreds. So there are still hundreds that are nicotine vaping related. But anyway, it seems like the majority or, you know, most of the uh, illnesses in these hundreds that have been reported in the US are related to THC. Oh, interesting. But it's a liquid. Yeah. Is that largely because it's hard to regulate that more? Probably, especially in the U.S., certainly where it's, um, you know, illegal in most places, um, including the states where most of these have been reported. Um, and because there's not a company like Juul, Juul for all its faults, at least it has a factory that has, you know, standard practices and there's no random person going in and contaminating things because it's a, it's a very, you know, high um, sort of sophisticated um, modern factory. The problem with the, the marijuana THC really related uh, vaping in the U S is that it's all kind of cottage industry. Right. And, and what's been happening we think is that to save money, it's like any drug, you know, in history, someone's always trying to save a little money by lacing, yeah, essentially. Yeah. And in this case, it's you take the oil that has THC, and if you can add a little random oil that's not THC and you can't tell the difference by looking at it, you've just saved yourself some money. Right. And that's right. that's and that oil that's being added 
you know, comes from some random place by some random person, you know, that pours it in and there's no quality control, it's contaminated. And that, that seems to be at least part of the problem. Yeah. So uh, this kind of brings me to, to one of my last questions, but I'm going to jump up head with it. Um, so by making vaping illegal, um, is there a fear that it will actually make, make it so that there'll be more black market stuff and make uh, more possibility of, of health concerns because people aren't able to get more of a pure version of it. Mm -hmm. what, what would your gut feeling be, Randy, about that? Mm, I think vaping's going to decline soon. It's like the juice industry. It boomed and it's all those juice stores closed, right? It's like that. Uh, so yeah. if you're opening a vaping shop right now, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. I, yeah. Every time I see one about to open, I'm like, you're dumb. But yeah, I don't think it's, I think it's going to like, everyone's going to decide that it's not a good thing to do until they have more research. Yeah, I don't know. I would like to say that. I think that would be really cool for it just to go away. Well, I did say that. And then I always text my brother the articles and then he he says, no, that's not true. And then he keeps vaping. So that's, I don't know. That's the thing. You should have a psychologist on the show for this because that's really what's, to me, the most interesting is nothing nothing personal about your brother, but it's a, it's a common thing that once you have sort of invested yourself in vaping as a, as a good thing, it's really hard to shake that belief. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, I was going to say, like, you would think as long as you know something is bad for you um, and there's evidence saying this is bad for you that you wouldn't do it anymore but look at the cigarette industry we know we've known for a very long time mm -hmm. that cigarettes are bad for you but that doesn't stop people um, so is vaping just going to become an alternative to cigarettes well, I think, you know, this nicotine addiction, you've both had it on one level. I haven't. I've been lucky. But, you know, from everything I know from my patients and people that aren't my patients, it's very, very strong. Yeah. Right? And if there's any kids listening, I'm sure we have a lot of kids that listen to this podcast. No. Thousands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just anyone who doesn't smoke or, or vape in general, um, getting into it is a stupid thing. Like... I don't even remember why I started smoking. And I remember when I when I would, was quitting, um, there was so much just psychological stuff of like feeling like I'm missing out because my friends are smoking and I'm not. Feeling like being a smoker was so much of my identity um, that I'm like, now that I'm not a smoker, what am I? Who am I? Um, and... Then as soon as the nicotine addiction, after, I'd say, a year and a half to two years after that, I finally felt like I wasn't a former smoker or a smoker. That's when I was like, why the hell did I do that? Why did I ever even start that? And now I'm a hundred percent, like, I can't even touch a cigarette when I'm out drinking. Like, it's, there's no even a little bit for me because I will go back to it. Um... And even with weed, I can't smoke a joint because it's just too reminiscent of uh, smoking a cigarette for me. But I know my limits, but it took me a long time to learn that. And that's the thing that find, I find scary about nicotine. It's just so easy to become addicted to it. Are you tempted to go back, Randy? 
Mm, I do have an occasional cigarette when I drink. <laughs> I am afraid I'll buy a, a pack of cigarettes, but I don't think I will. I that's like that's the first step to beginning to smoke again. So when you buy that pack of cigarettes, yeah, like you're like, oh, I just want one cigarette. No, I would never do that again. I used to keep one a pack of cigarettes in the freezer. As like the backup, just in case like I had a, a treat? really. Well, it was because uh, so much really stressful, right? Oh yeah. Like I would just in case, because uh, I I smoked really heavily when I was in my last year of university, um, and uh, I would I would be like, okay, I'll just keep it in the freezer, just in case I have a really shit day at at school. Then I can just have one quickly and there I don't have to like break down and mm-hmm. buy a pack because I already have a pack. And when I quit um, last time, which is going to be the last time, um, I I was like, no, there's no escape routes for me this time. There's no way of going back. So, yeah. Maybe you guys can help me because, you know, I wrote down on this piece of paper that's in my pocket, um, thinking about this, that the word at the top is empathy because what I – what I'm struggling with and what you guys can, you know, think back to when you were struggling more with it is, you know, what what can someone like me, a healthcare professional, say that is not offensive that can help, you know, thinking back again to when you were struggling more, that can help, um, you know, motivate you to get off of it that's not like, oh, you know, this is stupid, don't do it. Yeah. Oh, what do you think, Randy? Mm, I like the people who said you'll quit when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Those are good. But then they also said you'll miss cigarettes for the rest of your life. And I'm like, great. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. I still miss them for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like almost six years later. And uh, like especially walking home down commercial drive or something, if it's been a long day mm-hmm. and someone's smoking a cigarette in front of me, like often happens, mm-hmm. um, I still get those cravings. Like, I, I don't think I was ever... A, true smoker because like I used to work an office job I wouldn't smoke all day until I got home from work and when I walk behind people now and they smoke I get mad I'm like you stink mm-hmm. you're staying at my air but yeah. um I don't know it I I started six years ago though I was I they called me a late smoker which, <laughs> late bloomer. which is like I've, I've always been a late bloomer and everything so it's it's funny that way but it is dumb to start smoking when you're 26. Yeah, I, I don't remember how old I I kind of first started smoking when I was 18 mm-hmm. at a friend's birthday party. Um, and then it was kind of just a little bit of smoking at that point. Um, and then, yeah, when I got into university, especially when I did my fine arts um, diploma, um, a lot of my friends smoked. So it would be like we'd go to class go outside, have a smoke, go to the next class. So it was like every hour essentially having a cigarette. Um, And then when I did digital art and design, it was even worse because one of my teachers was actually a really heavy, pretty much chain smoker. Um, So the best way to get any time with him uh, was to be one of the, the smoking kids because you'd get to go out and kind of pick his brain about about This is an episode of Friends. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was a lot of like, he would actually take breaks in the middle of class to go for a smoke and all the smokers would go out with him as well. Um, I think he's quit smoking now too, which is crazy, but, um, yeah, so it was, it's, I think for me, the, the part about 
how to deal with people who are trying to quit smoking is so much of it is mental. Um, and you can have every fact thrown at you. You could have all the evidence of your body literally failing on you and not being able to breathe. But if you can't get over that mental part of it, and if you don't have that mental support and that, um, like, I really think if you're going to quit smoking, you should start seeing a counselor or a therapist to, to help get you through it. Um, because that was the hardest part for me. And doing that alone is really difficult. Mm -hmm. It sounds like, you know, when you say a year and a half afterwards, you were still craving. So to me, and I'm not an addiction specialist, but your body's no longer um, having withdrawal, obviously, a year and a half later. So it, from what you were saying, Jeff, it sounds a little bit like you'd used it as stress reduction, or at least in mm -hmm. part, right? And so when you're feeling stressed, even if you're not addicted to nicotine, you, you just have the simple memory that, hey, you know, this is a good way to relieve stress. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And I, I think that some people have very addictive personalities um, or addictive tendencies, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, and I definitely have that. Like when I stopped smoking, um, I went to food. And food is when I'm stressed. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to gain 10 pounds within like yeah. a year of yeah. quitting or something. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. give me chocolate and salt mm -hmm. and, and I'm happy um, when I've had a shit day at work or, or something like that. Like even today was a long day. And uh, the first thing I wanted to do on the way here was buy a chocolate bar to scarf down before the podcast. Because it's like you, you need something um, to help crush that stress rather than just dealing with it on your own. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I'm not an addiction. No, that makes a lot. I mean, that's, that makes complete sense to me. Yeah. And I, I understand how um, people can get so addicted. It's one of the reasons I will never do hard drugs. I will never touch them because I know that I have a lot of addictive tendencies. And I think that if I did like Coke or meth or something like that, that that would be the end of it for me. I think I would I would go down that route for sure. Hmm. That was dark. I yeah, apologize. that was dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's very real. It's not, I don't know. It didn't sound dark to me. It just sounded very true. So. Yeah, and I think it, you do have to kind of be true with your love. It's really easy to be, to have some denial and being like, oh, you know, I'll quit later or I'll do this later. I'm, I'm strong. I can do this. But, you know, sometimes you have to be like, I'm not strong. I'm not, I'm not good at this. I can't do this. And asking for help is the difficult part. Though when, when I, I did notice about vaping is that uh, vaping made me have stabbing pains in my chest. Mm. And cigarettes mm. never did that. Mm. Which, so I thought vaping was worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, there's, case-by-case case basis there's the fact that there's higher nicotine like i was saying before in a lot of the new current vape products um there's the fact that some of the flavorings in in vaping are particularly harmful um there's one i don't i don't want to throw too many long and uh unusual names at you but the cinnamon flavoring cinnamaldehyde is been tested extensively um, and is very toxic. There's another flavoring called diacetyl, which is sort of infamous in our world because 
it's what's used to make popcorn um, flavored like butter, which, you know, in, in microwave popcorn, oh, okay. that's not real butter. That's a chemical that tastes what? like butter. Yeah. And it's called diacetyl. And long uh, before it was recognized as part of the problem in vaping, that same chemical in the popcorn and microwave popcorn was um, shown clearly to cause very, very severe lung disease in the people who worked in the factories making that uh, making making that flavoring for the the popcorn, microwave popcorn. So it's exactly the same chemical that had already been clearly described in these workers in the popcorn flavoring industry, and now it's in the vaping. They have popcorn flavored vape? Yeah, oh yeah. Very, really? It's very popular. Popcorn, yes. cinnamon, bubble gum. These are mango. I mean, these are the, the in vogue things. Have you heard of that, actually? Yeah, popcorn lung is the vaping legend. Yeah, that was the yes. other thing that I wanted to mention too. That that you get popcorn. popcorn. Lung. This is what I'm talking about. This yeah. is exactly 100 percent what I'm talking about. Oh wow! Yeah, it's it's called popcorn lung because it started with this popcorn story that I told you about. But it's the same chemical now in the vape. Oh wow! It, not in every vape, but in vape that's popcorn. You know, people choose. Oh, I like the popcorn flavoring. I like the mango flavoring. I like the cinnamon. Yeah, I will fully admit that popcorn lung is one of those things that I only read the headline of when it came up on my Facebook feed and never actually read any of the article. Yeah. So I had no idea. You thought your lungs turned actually, into popcorn. Yeah, yeah. Right. I thought yeah. that it was like how the lungs looked afterwards. <laughs> no, so hey, yeah. I got educated there. I there should picture it like a cauliflower ear. Like yeah. your, your lung becomes like, oh, like, you know. <laughs> that's how I picture it, but I'm like, that's probably if not that what it is. If that makes you not use it, that's great. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> It's really called that because it, it was the flavoring used for but, uh, butter flavored popcorn. Yeah. Um, it, not that your lungs actually start popping, uh, you know, like Orville Redenbacher, but whatever <laughs> whatever gets you to quit. I'm but it could. Kidding. We never know. It could. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so back, we kind of got off on a bit of a tangent, but um, uh, back to, to marketing at, at children. Um, is the, the flavoring uh, kind of the main problem? Is that the the reason that everyone thinks that we're marketing towards their or we they are marketing towards children or is flavoring something that the adults and the rest of the people are just kind of interested in as well i think i mean i don't know you've seen randy but i think adults also like the flavors they might want might not want to admit it yeah 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 they like flavors. Uh, <laughs> what flavors did you like? What was your favorite? I actually one? used one You're grape an adult, juice. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it was called 12 Monkeys. 12 Monkeys. Oh, wow. And did it, was, it taste like monkeys? It was kind of like a fruity flavor. Like these monkeys had gathered up like a bunch of fruit. You know? oh. But um, I think like the thing that gets kid, like teenagers to vape is that the, the jewel pen looks cool. Like the mm. other ones look like they're for, you know, those guys who make vaping videos. Oh, yeah. Like or those the big ones. Like teenagers don't want to smoke those vapes. They like the jewel one because it looks like a cigarette and it looks kind of cool. It's like long and thin. Yeah. Some of those look like small car carburetors or something that you're sucking on. <laughs> yeah, mine was a little box like... Like um, like uh, what did people describe it as? Oh, a uh, hard drive. It looked like a hard drive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's part of the coolness factor. 
Yeah, because I wanted, I was like, oh, the jewel pen looks cool. Mine looks so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> well, it also looks like a, a USB drive. Yeah, it's easy to hide. For so it's sure. easy to hide. So that might not be so much the cool factor, but as far as just like not uh, being conspicuous or not standing out or getting your teacher, I mean, teachers now they know, but, but there was a time early on when it was like, oh, it's just a USB drive. Yeah, I think as well, um, I know when I was a teenager smoking, my biggest worry was smelling like cigarettes. Um, but if you have flavors um, that I can't imagine that there's going to be much of a smell, even if there is a smell, you're going to smell like that flavor. You're not going to smell like It's like, oh, I was just eating a bunch of popcorn. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, but maybe that's it. <laughs> my, my kid has a weird addiction to popcorn. I don't understand why. That's <laughs> true, because I actually didn't realize to like, four years in smoking how bad I smelled oh I know like I would like I would sneak and hide it from my mom but then she knew and I was like how does she know yeah. <laughs> it's because I stunk <laughs> I, had, I, but, I lived with friends um when I smoked and uh they are not fans of smoking at all and I used to to think that I would be able to just like sneak out and have a cigarette and not have them know so they wouldn't like mm -hmm. scold me on it and then once I quit smoking um I found one of my old shirts uh, lying around that I had worn smoking and I smelled it. I'm like, oh, there's no way they didn't know. Like, I stunk so bad. It's crazy. But yeah, I guess that's part of it too with vaping is that you don't have the stench anymore. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but that, that that's true. And as much as it annoys me to see, mainly because I think about the, the harm, it doesn't really smell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I uh, actually, I'm just looking at the time. We should probably wrap it up. Um, normally, I <laughs> I end the episode um, by talking about the hashtag. I'll hashtag whatever the subject is, and then we'll talk about something that's uh, on Twitter at this moment. But we already talked about it. <laughs> I actually brought the question up earlier: um, if uh, making uh, al making it illegal will actually increase the amount of black market um, stuff. So. Uh, we already did that part. Um, so I'm just going to thank both of you for being on the show. Um, and is there anywhere that you can find out more information about either one of you? Well, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Randy Noodle. That's Randy with two E's. And I do have a website, but don't go there. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, you can Google Pollution Lab and you'll find my lab website. And on Twitter, it's also Pollution Lab. Nice. And uh, as normal, you can follow us at, at Science Fears on Twitter, um, Facebook, and Instagram. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs>